Breathing Space Fade and Frontier includes mature content such as adult language, sexual situations, violence, and substance use. This episode contains parental abuse of a child, childhood neglect, amputation, eye trauma, and audio gore. Additional sensory contact warnings can be found in the show notes. I ain't got no home to go to, I ain't got nothing to sell, but my stars will never leave me, even when I'm sold to hell. I was born under a blue sky, and I'll die out in the black. When I'm gone, don't no one mourn me, cause my debts will drag me back. It was supposed to be a simple job. But in this line of work, there's no such fucking thing. I've been able to confirm the information you provided, Gray. And I'm very pleased. This comes at the perfect time. I would just like you to commit to the retrieval as well. You hired me for some nice clean bloodhound work. I don't much fancy myself a prodigal child chauffeur service. This is a time-sensitive matter and you are on site. I need this done now. I already truffle-pigged up your sprog, Senator. Way I see it, the only thing left on my to-do list is the bottle of Outer Eye sitting on my ship. Unless, of course, you'd like to renegotiate. Make your offer. Proper negotiation always starts with an insultingly large number. I could be talked out of my evening with that bottle for... Let's say 55 double large? Liquid, no assets. Done. You can transfer custody to my agents on series. The sooner the better, Mr. Gray. It's been a pleasure, as always. The Northern Republic thanks you for your assistance. Now that set the hairs on the back of my neck to stand in. Clients so eager to part with their precious cash. Suspicious. Double that for Senator Indoza. Since I'd started working for her, getting extra credits out of her required either a sweet surgical Waldos or a crowbar. Typical NR. Yanks have more cake than anybody. That doesn't mean they spend it. But being rich does make them feel entitled to muck around in the rest of the system. But the contract was already on my terminal and I was itching to get my grubby paws on that cash. Well, if I was going to get set up, I figured I might as well make bank in the process. As a counterbalance, I let my usual paranoia off its leash. Got to live to spend your dosh. Arcturus was a sight to see. Every mooring, dock and hangar was packed full. And the space outside was so thick with ships that it looked like you'd step from hull to hull without ever letting go of metal. A lot of them were grinners. I'd never seen so many in one place. I didn't know there were so many in the whole system and they descended on Arcturus like skylarks. The place was full of them, moving in little groups through crowds, their ships all clumped together on the leeward side of the station, and they brought my quarry back out the void. Separating the kid from their pack of perries wasn't going to be trivial. Thick as terminal thighs they were, never seemed to part, and their ships were battened tighter in port than belter ships were deep in the black. For a couple of days now, 
I've been a silent, smoking shadow for the kid. And luckily, their routine was as regular as a clockmaker's bowels. Local evening was my best shot. The kid and their grinner friends usually went up to the station's central ring to buy dinner. The central ring was all stalls and shops. Lots of bustle. Lots of people. Lots of dark corners. Perfect for lurking. The loyalty some low-grade station jacks cost less than a metre of Valatz. And they go on the expense report. Their ears all put right up when they heard I wanted them to hassle some grinners. Probably would have done it for free, but I paid happily. With money in their fist, they'd listen to instructions. And while I need a fight, I didn't need people getting hurt. Just a lot of noise and confusion. I was about 20 paces behind, hiding in my own volley haze, when my rented jack squared up on the grinners, shoulders all puffed up with youthful idiocy. The first swing came quickly and the dust-up kicked off. Just what I needed. Lots of wide swings, lots of innocent bystanders dragged into the pile, and no one touched my quarry. Except me. I ducked a couple of elbows and body-checked the sprog. With my extra height and weight and the wisdom that comes from years, it wasn't hard to take him to the ground. Pulled my right hand round, slipped my spur up into the armpit, gave him half a dose of compound too. Just enough to make him loopy, but not enough to knock him off the feet. Because I'd be damned if I'm sherpering 50 kilos of dead weight all the way back to the call. Held him down just long enough for the drug to take over. Slung one of their arms over my shoulders and slipped us both away into the crowd. The Bacall's mooring wasn't too far. But with me guiding the kid along, we looked like a couple of drinking buddies after a bit of an overindulgence. One helping the other back home. Nobody gave us a second glance. Hey, I need to go back. I'm taking you back, my wayward ward. But ships that way... Lots of ships on this station. Plenty of them could take you home. That's a pretty stupid thing to say. Yes, well, everyone's a critic. They made a little bit of a struggle to disentangle themselves from my helpful grip, which only really succeeded in tangling up my legs and nearly ended up with us both in a pile on the deck. This is why I dislike retrievals. People always make things so unnecessarily difficult. Down two corridors, couple of turns, and we were at the airlock to the call. I poured my quarry into the spare crash couch and gave them the rest of the dose of compound two. Kid was a lightweight, slipped right off to dreamland. And with that, ready to go. Now, if and when anybody noticed the kid was missing, having a departure record of a ship beating feet a few minutes later was gonna look suspicious as hell. Which is why I'd registered with the local tower under false papers and a fake transponder. And when I did leave, my vector was very obviously headed towards Mars in a huge hurry. When I was sure we were off the Octurus scopes, I turned off the transponder entirely and started to more leisurely burn towards Ceres. It was a decently long trip, but the kid would be out a while. I enjoyed my last chance to smoke in peace. What the fuck? Good morning, sleepyhead. You fucking... May I humbly suggest you take it easy? I strapped you in for the hygiene manoeuvres. Wouldn't want you to hurt yourself flailing about. I remember you, Grey. 
Well, a face this beautiful is not worth forgetting. <laughs> face like a catcher's mitt that's been dragged behind a donkey for seven miles. Oh, you wound me, Maestron Link. A donkey who's been ill lately. <laughs> Would it behoove me to ask where are we, or is this not that kind of operation? Oh, behoove away. Isn't black bag, kiddo? I'm just doing the school run. Okay, then. Where are we? You are about an eighth of the way back home to Terra. I'm about halfway to a lot of money for a very little bother. More technically, we're a few hours from Ceres. Ugh, Ceres? You couldn't take me someplace nice? Mercury? Dayside? Surface of Venus? The interstellar void? Tell you what, next time around, you can pick the handoff location. Hmm? A lot of money, huh? I'm a little shocked. I know what I'm worth. I guess your mum really wants you back home. <laughs> a snake wants a warm rock now and again, but that doesn't mean she loves it. <laughs> I don't suppose I can convince you to let me go? Pretend you never found me? I've got a Taurus credit chit, half full, and I could give you these boots. They're... Very nice. Mm, I'll keep the deal I've got, thank you very much. My feet are a bit bigger than yours. You made a devilishly good hunt, though, Mr. Link. Running off to the Grinners was a stroke of genius. They're a goddamn black hole. <laughs> Glad to know running for my life made a fun game for you. Of course, I knew you were off playing Grinner ever since you up and vanished from Tethys. Not many places a person can disappear so completely in this system. Unless they get spaced, and rich kids don't eat vacuum without a little money-changing hands first. Sure enough, there was a ship in and out of Tethys with papers so rotten the ink probably sloshed on the page. So, grinners, for sure. When all of them started showing up at Arcturus, it was only a matter of time before you- You dust-licking well-diver, I could not possibly care less about the technical details of how you ruined my life, okay? I just- want to go home. That's where we're headed. Uh, not Earth. The Brave. I'm sorry? The Brave the Darkness to Conquer it? it you know, my ship? I knew you'd absconded with a pile of your mother's money, but not enough to buy a whole ship. Is it the exchange rate? <laughs> you don't get it. Oh, please. I've seen plenty of prodigal rich kids in this line of work. Always running off to the belt and beyond, looking for a good time away from your parents' prying eyes. I'm sure you had your fun. <sighs> fun isn't it, Grey. I found a place where... Okay, how did you figure out this was your life? Excuse me? Well, what made you... Uh, you're a dog walker, right? That's what they call you? That's the lingo. Because we do all the unpleasant little tasks. Walk the dog, pass messages, make deliveries, find what's lost, find things out, uncover secrets, acquire things. Legal or not, moral or not, we make things happen. For a price. Right, so how did you know that being a dog walker was for you, and not like whatever it was you did before? <laughs> What I did before was dodge knife blades and air death in the corridors of Lunorlands every day. 
so I saw a way off the green cheese. I jumped and never looked back. I'm familiar with the feeling. Sure you are. Silverspoon like you running from mummy because you're bored of the posh life. <laughs> if you say so. I caught your trail off Tethys, like I said, but you skived off, what, two years prior? Yeah, so? So, I didn't catch one cent of you during that time. I'm very good at my job. There wasn't a cent to be had. Where were you? <laughs> what, so the next time a prodigal rich kid makes a run for it, you'll know where to look? <laughs> sure, sure. But also, if you were someplace or places where even I couldn't find you, then you must have been right out of the fringe. Places like that can be interesting. You must have some good stories. And we've got time. I started as a no-go. Marched my ass down to a jungle and hired a sweet old geezer to show me the way. Blue Giant. She was a nice one. Probably would have taught me everything she knew just to have someone to talk to. I kept her well-stocked in starshine by way of thanks. Uh-huh. And what did they call you? <laughs> oh, don't try to tell me they didn't give you a no-go name. Every Void Wanderer I've met has got a name. Alloy Engine. Black Betty. Steel Coffin. Bell Thruster. If you ran with them, you had one. What was it? Spin gravity. <laughs> Spinny. Blue never would tell me why she picked it. Still bugs me. Together, we hit Pluto, Terminus, and Rogers. We parted ways there. I realized two no-gos staying together so long would attract attention. After that, I hit the Jovian system, Ganymede, and Io. Had a spot of trouble with the Taurus Bulls on Europa, nearly got my head bashed in. Decided to change things up for a while, and signed on with a freighter making cargo runs from Ganymede to Titan. Got my rating as an exo-welder after that, and did a contract with the Arcturan Dry Dock, slapping armored hull panels on frigates. Shit, kid. You weren't just playing it being a spacer. I was certainly trying to be the real thing. Before we knew it, we were at Ceres. Getting aboard the station without being noticed wasn't trouble. Ever since the storm, the place wasn't exactly running in tip-top shape. Where Arcturus was a buzzing hive, Ceres was just... lost. Like a starving man wearing a suit from a better time. No one was working the tower. What ships were moored were all wrecks, killed by the same solar rays that had hit the station. In the past, a place like Ceres would have had a weapon scan, domestic security. Not now. I hitched the call to an empty airlock and grabbed my gun from the ship's safe. Okay, kid. We're going to go for a little walk. I looked at the airlock's ammo levels. Never usually a problem in a place like this, but... With the station looking for all the world like it was haunted, I didn't feel like taking chances. There's a spare exosuit in the rack. Put it on. Your concern for my safety is touching, Gray. 
The contract doesn't explicitly say you need to be alive, but I think it's implied. Look at me. You don't get to be this pretty without a heap of caution. And at the moment, I trust the local 8-vac about as far as I could swim in it. We both got suited up, helmets the ready, and I cycled us into the station. I'd been worried that Link might just do a run at the moment we got here. But I think the sight of the corridor beyond the airlock might have made them think twice. Or maybe they had a different plan. I checked my suit radio and, to my shock, someone was pinging my private comm address. I knew some people on Ceres. At least, I did before. Pace know people everywhere. I recognised the signature. Faza. That was lucky. Signal source was nearby. I led the kid that way. It was dark. Lights aren't expensive to run. If those were down, things on Sirius must be getting very bad very quickly. Well, on the bright side, the rents are probably cheaper. Never seen a station downturn this quickly. Yeah, this could have been Arcturus if the family hadn't stepped in. The family? Uh, yeah, the peregrination. Right. We walked through the empty halls. Doors and hatches left open and unsecured. There were plenty of signs of life, just not recent. Old food wrappers, discarded clothing. Looked like people had cleared off in a hurry. I spied a light ahead. A couple of locals looking a bit worse for wear, sitting in the wreck of what used to be a shop. Barza was standing a little way off. She still had all that hair. Like the mane of some wild animal. Never knew how she fit all of it in an exo-helmet. She was expecting us. Spotted me straight away. Faza isn't good people. She's got the morals of a feral cat and the empathy of a Gila monster. She mixes business with pleasure. She's predictable in her evil. She'll betray anyone for profit. But not for fun. And strangely, she never, ever lies. So naturally, I quite like her. Grey. I can't believe I'm happy to see a face so tragic. Ah, the magnificent. What are you doing in this rat hole? Just my amazing luck. I moved my op here just two months before the storm. Then let me rephrase. What are you still doing here? Either I'm being a helpful neighbor, or I'm luring the locals into trusting me. Maybe both. Who's your parry friend? My latest job. I'm playing truant officer. Father, this is the kid. Kid, this is father. Father, the secret seller. Good person to know if you're careful with your coin. And your words. High compliments from the likes of you, Gray. Uh, hi. Very pleased to meet you, suspiciously unnamed individual. Now, now. No freebies. Loosen up, Gray. The kid looks old enough to talk for themselves. Yeah, uh, Miss Farza, 
What happened here? The storm, short stuff. What else? Well, yeah, but Ceres was 15 degrees further off axis than Arcturus was, right? How is it worse here? Gray, you got volleys. Always. Hook a girl up. I pulled down my pack and cracked the seal on of a lot for myself. Then slipped the rest of the pack to Faza. out of these a week ago. The storm itself wasn't so bad, kid. Killed some of the ships in port, blew out some comms, but at first it looked like things were going to be alright. And then we lost 8-Vac. The whole station? Whole station. 33 and a half hours. Now... There's enough slack in the station that should be alright. But people lost their cool, started to bug out. Even when the air came back on, every ship that could fly was selling seats off station and they were selling out. Can't expect the average punter to act rational when the air runs thin. It's disgraceful. We belters are supposed to be better than that. And it didn't end there. The ones who ran left shit behind. Of course... Some people got greedy, and... thus... She pointed across the way where a series of bullet holes punctured an internal bulkhead. No one had even tried to patch them. This place isn't civilization right now. What's the top line? Stable. Almost everyone has turtled up close to the core. Some people are still out here, making trouble. So keep your ears open. Don't expect lights or network access. We're running on minimum power for now. Well, what about the reactor? Has anybody sidelined the containment and rebalanced the mix for the lower output? <laughs> I don't know the technical bits, but supposedly it'll hold. Well, I hope you're keeping an eye on it. In a lot of ways, running a power plant below spec is worse than overloading it. How do you know about reactors? Because I'm a fusion technician, Gray. You know, on the brave. I shot Falzer a glance and caught her side-eye me. I could see just a shade of a smirk. Fuck. That cost me. Never should have let the kid talk. I've got a meeting to get to. I need directions. Can you help an old friend out? Where to? Corridor 42, Gray 17. That's in the 8-vac dead zone. Wait, dead zone? Less people, less air. So we cut back the circulation in the outer sections to bare minimum to conserve power and O2. That's like cutting off a leg to keep from starving to death. No one asked for your opinion. Anyway, take that corridor two spans leeward and talk to Nandri. Nandri? We put him on guard duty, so he'd be out of the way. Bit of a cracked engine bell. You'll love him. Fair enough. Want to tag along? <laughs> Thanks, but I'm not playing sidekick, Gray. I've got the call. Don't mind giving you a ride back to civilization. Her lips curled up at that. 
She knew what I was trying. If I take her along, I could make sure she doesn't talk about me and the kid. I'm staying. Ours are the martyr. I didn't take you for the type to give your you life- You can never see past the end of your nose, Dogwalker. Ceres is in the shitter right now, but nothing stays the same forever. And I'm here when few are. So, when the place puts itself back together, I can have my claws dug in all over. You know what they say. Buy when there's blood on the streets. Even if it's your own. Fortune favors the bold. Okay, what makes you think this place will rebound? The bones are fine, and a place that can hold air is always worth something. Look at Tethys. It's got a bigger GDP now than before the cull. It's an outlaw port. They sell people there. Free market at work? Everything's worth something to somebody. Speaking of, what's silence cost these days? For how long? Long enough. I want a marker. And the other two packs of volats you're carrying. Hmm. Conditions on the marker. I don't violate NDAs and I don't work Venus anymore. What happened on Venus? No freebies. Fair enough. I slipped on my last two packs and we shook on the exchange. Far's the majestic. It's been a pleasure. Be seeing you. I grabbed the kid and dragged them down the corridor. They started to say something, but I squeezed their arm a little till we were well away from Farza and her companions. What are you grinning about? Farza could have raked me over the coals there, but she slipped up. Yeah, is a marker not a big deal? That's a favor owed, right? Yes, and it's a huge deal, but she has to keep her mouth shut or I don't honor it. So now... Anybody who wants to buy the news that you and I were here has to outbid how useful I might be to her. And I am very useful. Besides, I love owing favors. That doesn't sound right. Think about it. People owe you something. Money, a favor, anything. And they loathe to look at you. Because you hold something over them. But if you owe them, you're their friend. Because they want to collect someday. Makes them feel safe around you. And Farza's a good one to owe. If this place is still standing in a year, she'll be running it. Well, what about when she calls the marker in? Then I either do it, or I break my word. Doesn't that cause trouble? Do I look like the type who's put off by a spot of trouble? Don't ask me what you look like, Gray. I'm having a bad day, and I'll actually tell you, honestly. <laughs> oh. You were at school on Luna, right? In the Taz? The Aventine Academy, yeah. Ah, that's not even over the horizon from Lunorlands. You picked up a bit of the patter. I liked the way the locals talked. Language as a full-contact sport. <laughs> Honestly, you may be a miserable pile of character flaws, but at least you're fun to listen to. <laughs> <sighs> I walked an actual dog. <laughs> what? 
you asked how I got into this. I walked an actual dog. That's how it started. <laughs> You're shitting me. On Luna? <laughs> no word of a lie. I was skiving around the back door of this restaurant, looking for a handout, and the owner sees me, probably takes pity on me, offers me ten credits if I take her Pomeranian down to the public garden for it to take a shit. Never seen a dog before in my life, but for money like that, I had a bitter handoff jumping at the job. You ever see a Pomeranian? Like a ball of fluff that can look back at you. But me and the mutt got along okay, and I keep coming round to walk her. Soon enough, the owner's asking me to run messages and find stuff out. She recommends me to a friend, who recommends me to their boss, who recommends me to... Well, you get the idea. Next thing I know, I'm flying to Terra and being asked to do all kinds of stuff. Hunt people down, spy on rival corporations, pay people off. Never once do I admit that I have no idea how to do any of it. I'm making shit up as I go, but... Somehow, I pull it off. And I get a reputation. And ten years later, here we are. I know what I'm doing now. Or I thought I did. Well, so you didn't set out to do this? I was just looking for my next meal. I never had anyone to watch my back. Look after me. I had to do it myself. I know you won't believe me when I say this, but I know how you feel. Sure. I do, Gray. You have a family. You have everything I never... You don't know what my childhood was like. Oh, diddums. Did the velvet cushions chafe your ass? Did all that fancy food hurt your tummy? It's not the material. You don't know what it's like. My ears perked at the sound ahead. Someone idly tapping a bulkhead with a boot. When I peered around a corner, I saw a seated figure leaning against a wall. Suited, but with their helmet tucked under the knees. A shabby-looking gun was draped across their lap. <sighs> that must be Nandri. Keep your mouth shut this time. I set the palm of my left hand on the butt of my pistol. Ling rolled her eyes, but didn't seem to protest. We approached the figure, who didn't even rise as we drew near but a pair of coal-black eyes peered at me from under thick brows. Hail and well met, traveller. What business have you in the land of the dead? I'm looking for a box of beauty. Not for me, obviously. For the kid. They could certainly use it. <laughs> Fourteen miles, Grey. Quiet. Valiant though your quest may be, I'm afraid it's my charge to guard this door against those who would trespass beyond the river of memory and find themselves where the air does not flow. You're Sanandri, right? That is my name. Okay. Sanandri, is there some way I could convince you to set aside your charge and allow us to pass? I have credit chits burning a hole in my purse. I have nowhere to spend credit. I gave Nandri a once-over. His cheeks were beginning to hollow from lack of food. His skin was pale, shades of dark purple bruise forming along his hairline. But his eyes and expression were alert. Alert and holding back some sadness. Some pain. Perhaps not money, then. 
I undid the latch of my right glove and stowed it. Holding my bare wrist with my other hand, I slid back the door of the compartment that fed my spur, retrieving the canister of Compound 2 within. Does this appeal? A potion? Aye. What of? Full dose? Slumber. But half or less will fill your head with pleasantly fluffy pink clouds. Ask the kid. Get fuck off, Grey. Would this be payment enough? An acceptable bribe, good sir. I will take it gladly. You are far kinder than those who came before. Those who came before? Terence, by their accents, if not their uniforms. Brutes, who costed me for only carrying out my charge. Northern Republic? To my eternal shame, I cannot tell one Terran from another. Right. Well, thank you, Sinandri. Enjoy yourself. We passed through Nandri's bulkhead and into the corridor beyond. With no ape vac, the air was still as the grave. Every bulkhead and door closed tight. No lights, no sound. The land of the dead, for sure. I felt a nervous tingle up my spine. My client, the senator, had sent an agent to take the kid the rest of the way. But why choose Ceres for the handoff? The place was teetering on the edge of collapse. And she'd agreed to the huge payment. No haggling. I suppose that was just a parent's priority, but... Why would now be a good time for you to be home? What? The senator. When I sent her your lat long, she said the timing was perfect. What's special about now? <laughs> I'd be the last to know. Well, she's your mum. You don't know? We're not close. We are the opposite of close. She's still your mum. Family. <laughs> For some people, water of the womb can be as thin as acetone. <laughs> family is family, right? <laughs> Spoken like someone who's never had one. I won't go back. To what? A penthouse? A private orbital? To the control of my mother. Poster child for self-obsessed narcissism. Too powerful to fight. Too rich to threaten. I'm not a person to her, Grey. I'm just a thing. From the day I was born, okay, I was useful for photo ops and lines in her government bio. That's it. Put me up in a pretty outfit every election cycle, then ship me back to a boarding school on the moon the rest of the time. Do you know what it's like to have no control over your own life? I couldn't pick my school, my classes, my activities, my friends. I couldn't do anything. Speak for myself, think for myself. I couldn't be me. I didn't even know who I was. My entire childhood was spent with her telling me who I was, making me be that person, just an extension of her. And any little infraction, step out of line, try to assert even the tiniest degree of autonomy, and people like you come out of the woodwork to set me straight, put me back in my box. 
I don't know what she wants me for now, but I know I'm not what she says I have to be. I'm me, Gray. I'm Lieutenant Link Ikaskin, second reactor technician of the Brave the Darkness to Conquer It, a hearthship of the family. I found my people. Okay, I found a me that I can be happy to be. And you want to drag me back. What an ungrateful cunt you are. Fuck you. Your mother may be a piece of work, but you've got one. She looked after you. You never went hungry. Never had to work for your meals. Never had... I stopped our walking and turned on the kid, holding up their bare right hand, palm up before their eyes. Do you see this hand? Looks pretty real, right? Uh, uh, yeah. I let the spur slide out of its port at the base of my palm. Like an ice pick of polished steel. I'll admit, it's a bit threatening. Little upgrade. A legacy of my childhood. Wouldn't need to have the thing replaced at all, except... If you're a station rat on Lunorlands, and you want to eat and breathe, you go down to the bioreprocessor. Dig through the input for metal. Two credits per kilo. If you're lucky, that was enough for a day. Could never really get out of the hole, but could keep you from falling further down. I don't know how old I was. I don't know how old I am now. But I was alone. No one looking after me. One day, rummaging through the input, cut myself. Didn't even notice. Couldn't stop working, though. Needed the money. Couldn't even get a bandage to cover it. But gets infected. No one around to take me to the doctor. It gets worse and worse and worse. And after a couple of weeks, it's in my blood. I collapse from the sickness. From the pain. Nearly died. And me with massive air debt to the Municipal 8 vac. Only free medical care was to get it lopped off. <laughs> Shit. I only got a decent replacement when I started dog walking. Got this particular model a few years back. Useful tool. But I think I'd rather have the original. I'm not sure I want to hear about how rough your childhood was. I turned away, stowed my spur, started to fasten my glove back into place. Gray? What? Take a good look at my left eye. What? My left eye. Really look. I looked. Seemed fine at a glance. I had to actually lean in to give the kid's eye a proper shifty. Even then... It was only when they deliberately looked up to one side that I saw what the kid wanted me to see. Oh. That's a pretty convincing one. <laughs> Top of the line. Best money can buy. How'd you... A defect. <laughs> Found out when I was nine that, oh, cruel world, I would have needed corrective lenses. So unsightly for the child of a senator.
But surely... But surely having a team of surgeons carve out the entire eye and installing a very expensive, very painful implant in its place, surely that's a bit overkill, right? I know you're mad, okay? I am too. I think we both have a right to be. Right. Okay. Shit. Um. Fuck! I've still got to hand you over. Why? Because I can't not. It's not the right thing to do, but I can't not. It's the job. If I dump it off, you might... Sensor and Dozer sends people after us both. I'm sorry, Link. You don't deserve this, but your freedom's not worth my life. Gray, please. Look, you got away before. You're smart. You'll do it again. And you won't get caught this time. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Yeah, because when you run, you call me and I get you back to your ship. I'm the best. There won't be a trail to blow down this time. There'll be a fucking fart in the red spot. <laughs> okay. And for now, you keep your head down. Something's up and I don't know what it is. If, when, things go tits up... Just run. Yeah, I, I can do that. We walked again. In silence this time. As we approached the bulkhead at the end of the corridor, I drew my weapon and made sure Link was a pace or two behind me. The room ahead was an observation gallery for one of the shipways. I could see stars through a series of large windows, as well as an unfamiliar low green light. Okay, kid. Helmet on. You getting a bad feeling about this? I've got a bad feeling about everything. Survival trait. Keep calm. I've got you back. Helmet on and secured, I stepped into the room. Gun at the ready. And the figures within seemed to be expecting me. Three people... All wearing exosuits, but not their helmets yet. Behind them, several more shadows were bodies laying on the floor. The closest figure's eyes locked on me, and their mouth twisted into a grin. Cray, about time you showed up. We were starting to figure you'd fucked off. Cambridge. I didn't think this was an official job. From Nandri's words, I'd expected Terrans, but Cambridge was with Axe. The advanced scene legal executive. The underhanded, behind-the-scenes, hush-hush, deny it if we're ever asked arm of the same government where a certain senator held power. The kind of people who did what needed doing, legal or not, moral or not. Basically what I do, but bigger budget and 
badges they never carried. <laughs> Am I ever on an official job? Your part's done now. We'll take custody of Mick Sendoza. I put a hand on Link's shoulder, as if I would shove them over, but paused. My eyes flicked to the bodies in the back of the room. Belters, by the look of them. Same sort of clothes Nandri had. Dirty faces. Thin arms and legs. Locals. I indicated toward them with my head. One of them had a gun in hand. Who are they? Run into trouble? Cambridge exchanged a look with her associates before turning back to me. No trouble, just setting the scene. Of course. I didn't like this. Nothing about this said custody handoff. What scene were they set in? Why did the senator send a bloody wet team for a babysitting job? So, the kid... I raised my gun. It was pointing at Cambridge's chest. The fuck, Gray? You're on the clock. Oh, fuck the job, Axewipe. This stinks. I'm done. I started to push Link backward into the corridor. Cambridge's eyes narrowed at me. Nobody had been expecting me to grow a conscience. Even me. Especially me. But they were planning something here. And it wasn't just to take Link back to terror. There was a tense moment. I should have just pulled the trigger. She moved closer and I realised my mistake too late. Before I could fire, Cambridge had a hand on the gun and another on my wrist wrenching upwards. The shots went wide. Link, move! Get the kid. I'll handle this asshole. I hooked one ankle behind Cambridge's and took her to the floor, hoping that with the extra leverage I could get control of the gun. As we fell, though, one of her hands moved to a belt. There'd be a knife there. That's what I'd do. In a clinch like this, a blade was bad news. She didn't need any room or time to turn me into meaty ribbons. Fortunately, I shoot southpaw. My right hand was free. I slammed my cybernetic hand open palmed against Cambridge's bare face. The spur, needle-sharp, went through the glove of my suit like it was nothing. His belt to slip into flesh with all the subtlety of a shadow. Against something as hard as Cambridge's skull, it'd be pretty useless, but the bone of the eye socket's very thin. The spur broke through. I sent the impulse to inject compound two, but it was no canister now. Gave it to Nandri. The air pressure of my suit suddenly wanted to equalise with low atmo around us, and its only path was through the inside of Cambridge's head. It wasn't pretty. Ah! Great! The other two had caught Link. One had their arm around the kid's neck. The other had produced a gun from somewhere. Nasty, stubby carbine. I tried to untangle myself from Cambridge's corpse, but the damn thing was twitching, keeping me pinned and my own weapon pointed ineffectually at the wall. No. Not the wall. The windows. This was a very bad idea. But I was all out of options. Taste vacuum. I saw the head snap round just as I unloaded a dozen rounds into the observation gallery window. That was thick material, intended to take a lot of punishment, but every design has its limits. 
It hadn't been built for sustained fire. Window shattered into a cloud of glittering splinters, and the world became a roar of rushing wind. The decompression hit us like a freight train. Cambridge's body and I went flying, as did one of the goons. The other caught hold of the railing for half a second, until Link grabbed his boot. The extra drag caused the Terran to slip, and both of them followed. As I floated into the black around Ceres Station, everything became silent as the void. Except, what was that? Oh, yeah. When I killed Cambridge, I popped a hole in my own suit glove. Shit. Oh, fuck. Gray, you there? Yeah, for the moment, yeah. Uh, what's your status, Link? God, floating. The... I don't know what to call them. Those guys are dead. Good. Good. That was the idea. I wished to look back at Ceres Station. I couldn't see any more vapour plume from the hole I'd made. We'd only vented part of the sealed section. We need to figure out a way back. Well, my suit doesn't have M-thrusters. Doesn't yours? No. I'm... Really wishing I'd bought the next model up right now. Great. Wait for rescue? I mean, yeah, but I hope they hurry. I was trying to hold the hole in my clove closed. It wasn't working. The suit's estimate for how long I'd be able to keep breathing was, well, not reassuring. Hey, were those guys from Axe? Yeah, what works? Kind of sounds like you knew them. My line of work's not nice. You meet not nice people. I think they were going to kill you. I... I don't... <sighs> hey, it's okay. I, I get it. No, no, it's because I'm not sure why, though. Pisses me off. Well, if they were Axe, then my mother sent them. Yeah, but why? Because she's an evil bitch, Grey. No, why on series? Why now? It's too risky. If somebody found out that a sensor's kid died there, then they'd be... Oh. There'd be an interplanetary incident. Terrans would be furious. Probably demand something be done. And there's nobody left on Siri to do anything. Or fight back. Ah, uh, so the NRS and the other Earth states can move in. Shit. Yep. Ceres isn't exactly in mink condition, but it's still a prize. Terrans would have a foot in the belt. My suit pressure hit 50%. Listen, Link, you've probably got enough air to hold out for rescue from the station. I don't think I do. Uh, Grey... Uh... Shut it. After I kick it and you get picked up, go and get the Bacall, okay? She's yours. She's a good ship. 
take her and go back to your family. God, maybe that'll make up for me fucking with your life. Gray. No, it's okay. I've, I've had a pretty good run. This way, there's no loose ends. And don't worry about my body or anything. Just... Lieutenant, this is the Bray of the Darkness to conquer it. Report. What? <laughs> when you were getting all armed and ready, I turned on the Bacall screen line. Knew the family would see it and come running. Brave, this is Link Ikaskin reporting. Captain, don't worry, I'm fine. Oh, thank the stars. Lieutenant, you have missed nearly a week of shifts. I'm putting this on your service record. Hi, <laughs> Captain. I'm sure you can triangulate my suit radio, but I got another for you to pick up. Say hello, Gray. Uh, hello, Gray. Verified. We'll have you aboard momentarily. Okay, so I'm saving your butt now. You saved mine a minute ago. But you were also the one who abducted me in the first place, so uh, I think the math works out that you owe me, Gray. Start a tab, I guess. Great. Oh, there they are. Protocol is to fire out a tether, and we can grab hold. Yeah, see? That. I'll go first and do the talking. <laughs> Stay calm. I've got your back. As we were pulled into that Grinner ship, my suit ticked down to 30% pressure. I held my breath for the last little bit. Inside, a whole flock of people were huddled about. Nervous to see... us, I guess. Home sweet home. Sure. Um, you can drop me back at... Lieutenant, how dare you allow yourself to be kidnapped like that? If you'd have gotten yourself hurt, I'd have killed you. Roger, get them to sickbay so we can make sure they're well. Uh, sorry to worry you, Auntie. I'm fine, I swear. This is gr- You! The captain's eyes snapped onto me like a hawk who'd found prey. I guess it didn't take much to figure out my role in all this. Commander, remove this man's helmet and space him. One of the grinners, big gal wearing a pistol holster on her chest, made a move toward me. And then Link was there. Between us. Whoa, 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 no, 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 this one's mine. Lieutenant, if you'd wanted to kill him yourself... What? No, Captain, he's my... The kid looked over their shoulder at me, eyebrows furrowed. Lips tight. Brother. Since when? Right now. That's not how this works, Link. You have to- It's how it works today, Auntie. I'm claiming him. We can fill out the paperwork later, but he is my brother. The captain gave me another look. Eyes still burning with fury. And then... No. It must have been a trick of the light. Very well. What is your name, Lynxkin? Who? 
That's you, dumbass. Oh, uh, Robert Greyfriar. Wow, you don't seem much like a Robert. Well, yeah, hence Grey. <laughs> Alright, Grey then. Grey Lynxkin. Do you understand what this means? No! I have absolutely no fucking idea! Ulka! Mm, Nibbling, will your brother be joining us on the Brave? Link and I shared a look, which, despite having no words, was nonetheless modulated with a lot of information. Mm, Grey isn't done wandering, I think. We should take him back to his ship, docked at Ceres, the Bacall. Good. We don't have the resources to waste on him at the- Do you know what Grey does, Auntie? I have heard the term dog walker bandied about. Yeah, that's someone who does- well- Anything, really. How do you put it, Grey? Unpleasant little tasks. Walk the dog, pass messages, make deliveries, find what's lost, find things out, uncover secrets, acquire things, legal or not, moral or... No. Just, I can make things happen. Anything that's not wrong. Sounds like someone useful to know. Right, Captain? I see. Very good. Link, I'm glad you're safe. Grey, it is not terrible to meet you. (laughs) Okay, you don't know the captain, but that was a very warm welcome. Link, I'm... I'm not sure I can be a... I mean... I'm not used to... Hey, I get it. I don't care. You said you didn't have family. You do now. You've got me. We'll figure it out from here. Wow. Okay. Then... You've got me too. Whatever that's worth. I wasn't sure what more to say. I don't think I've got the proper words to string together for things like this. But I grabbed hold of Link's arm and gave him a little nod. And when they nodded back, they were smiling. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Breathing Space, Fading Frontier. This episode, The Long Way Home from Series, is written, directed, and edited by Scott Paladin. Gray was voiced by Vic Collins. Link Ikaskin was voiced by Kasha Mika. Farsa was voiced by Christine Tardif. Nandri was voiced by Devin Nelson. Ika Amityskin was voiced by Rue Dickey. With additional voice work by Megan Cross and Emma Johanna Perana. Our theme, Blues for the Black, was composed by Malcolm Frotog with vocals by Jeremiah and lyrics by Scott Paladin. You can find links to learn more about our cast and crew in the show notes. 
and more information about our show at our website, breathingspace.lawofnames.com. Breathing Space Fading Frontier is a Law of Names production.